Hey guys, I'm Rich Garcia. Come find out what the Word of God says about your identity, your authority, your victory, and your freedom. Right here on March Forward. Jesus, Jesus, I'll admit it. Jesus, Jesus, I'll admit it. <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, my name is Rich Garcia. As said before, I want to welcome to you to uh, the March Forward. Um, it's just a podcast I put together to discuss God's Word share some inspiration with you, and hopefully to drive you to want to have your own relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, Today's episode is about the Samaritan woman. Um, I don't know if any of you have recently seen a show called The Chosen. If you haven't, I implore you to uh, get out or not get out, stay in, but um, I implore you to actually download the app. It is an app that you can get, I believe, on the Android, and you can also get it um, on the iPhone from the App Store. And the app is called The Chosen. It's named after the show. Phenomenal show. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. Just the nuances and and the detail, uh, everything that they've done. uh, There's only one season so far, but everything that they've done, I mean, it, it is just eye-opening. You can watch it again and again and again and just pick out new things um, that maybe you have never found in your own relationship or in your own time studying the Word. Uh, But just to see the way they bring it to life has been super exciting. Again, I I implore anybody to watch it. Go uh, go check it out. It's free. Um, However, what is interesting is that you could donate uh, $20, $30 to the show. And when you donate, it actually pays for the streaming of the show and allows someone else to watch it for free. So if you're watching it for free, it's because someone paid for you to watch it for free. Um, so pay it forward, march forward, you know, help the gospel spread. Um, why I wanted to talk today about the Samaritan woman at the well is that uh, one of the episodes covers that interaction and it's so beautifully done. Um, But I I just wanted to bring this to you guys because some of you may not have ever heard the Samaritan woman at the well, nor understand the significance of why this is in the Bible. And um, I'll just jump right into it. So if you go to John, the book of John chapter four, Picking up at verse 5, it says, So he, meaning Jesus, came to a city of Samaria, which is called Zychar, uh, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. See, at that time, uh, Samaritans were considered considered lesser because in their history, they had mingled with Gentiles and Jewish people had a very, um, let's just call it what it is. They were, uh, they were racist towards them and they did not consider them pure blood anymore because they had intermingled. Um, and why it's significant is Jesus is a Jew 
And here you go. You have a Jew speaking to a Samaritan woman asking for uh, a drink. And more importantly, too, it's a man. And rabbis, Jesus was considered a rabbi in that day. It was another thing for a rabbi to be speaking to a woman, let alone a Samaritan woman. Um, then the woman of Samaria said to him, uh, you know, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me? Um, and, and being a Samaritan woman. So Jesus answer her, answers her and says, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now, why Jesus says a gift of God, the gift of God is that Jesus would be that living water and that they would not have to live by the law anymore. And everything that she's asking him, like, hey, you know, I'm a Samaritan woman, is law. It's, it, it, it's, it's based on culture of that day. And he's saying to her, man, if you just understood who you're speaking to at this moment and the gift that I have for you, you know, uh, you would have asked him uh, to give you living water. And the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? So she's questioning him. Like, you're talking about giving me something that you clearly came unprepared. Who comes to a well with no bucket to draw water with? And yet you're offering me something that by my eyes, because she's going by what she can see, right? She's not using her spiritual discernment. By my eyes, I can't see you can offer me anything worth value. So... He goes, she goes on to say, are you telling me this because you're greater than our father, Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself as a well, uh, as his sons and his livestock. So she's saying, are you greater than Jacob? I mean, Jacob dug this well, Jacob knew God, you know, you know, you got to understand the historical significance of Jacob and, you know, Jacob dug that well and it was land that he had purchased and, and he knew the Lord. And she's testing Jesus now because, again, she doesn't know who he is. And she's saying, you know, are you going to tell me you're, you're greater than, than Jacob? You know, he dug this well. And, and this is water that was given to us by, by him. And Jesus goes on and he answers her and he goes, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So Jesus is saying the water that I have to give is not this physical water. I'm talking about spiritual water. I'm talking about water that will never run dry. And it's interesting because Zechariah had a vision of water springing out from the temple, from the middle of, of Jerusalem. And that the water flew from Jerusalem. And it also said that out of the belly shall be living waters. Um, and I think also Isaiah had a, a similar vision where he saw water sprouting up. And it's so interesting, right? Because in the Garden of Eden, it says water went forth from the garden. So we're, we're seeing what Jesus is doing. He's coming to restore. He's coming to, to redeem. And more so in this instance, he's letting her know right? The, the person who most unlikely, if man had chosen to reveal the Messiah, would not have chose the Messiah to be revealed through a Samaritan woman of that time, right? Because that's how men think. What's beautiful is that he's choosing her. Someone in that day that would have been considered of lesser value, he's choosing her to reveal who he is. 
And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Right? Because she was coming in the day. By the way, you need to understand, she was coming in the sixth hour. Most women of that day got up early and went to the watering hall to, to collect water. But she wasn't, she was ostracized. She was rejected by her community. And, and we come to find out why she's rejected of the community because it's the way she lived her life. You see, um, Jesus said, well, go and call your husband and come here, right? And she goes, I have no husband. Jesus said, you've answered well. I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one whom you now have is not your husband in that you spoke truly. So Jesus ends up actually telling her, I know you. You're right. You're telling me the truth. You don't have one husband. You have five, which none of them are really your husbands. And he actually... He, 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 he commends her for the fact that she's being honest, but then tells her more about herself. And the reason why he's doing this is this, this is what the Lord does. He comes into our life and he tells us more about ourselves. He, he reveals things. There's things that we cannot hide from him. And, and what you notice is that he doesn't condemn her. He's just telling her what he knows about her to get her to open up. And the woman said to him, sir, I, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And she brings that up because she's saying, you know, our fathers worship here, but you tell us where we worship, the, well, where Jewish people tell us where we worship isn't significant. And it, the worship has to be in the temple, but I can't go to the temple. So if I can't go to the temple, then I guess my worship really isn't worth much. That's what she's telling Jesus of in that time. I've been told that my worship isn't much. I've been, and, it, and it's a personal factor to her as well, because she's saying, you know, you, you've identified me as a woman who has five husbands and I know I'm lesser than and I'm far from holy. And what's even worse is even if I wanted to worship God, even if I, if I wanted to go to the Lord, I'm not allowed because I, I mean, my, my mountain, the Jewish people say, my, the rabbis say my mountain is nothing. And I can't even step foot in, into the temple because I'm a Samaritan. So she, she, lay, she lays all this out and, and, and then goes on to say that Jerusalem is the place of worship. And I, I, so I guess my, my worship is nothing. It's insignificant to, to, the, to the Lord. And I'm hopeless. I, I have no hope. And it's kind of modern day when you think about it because you have people who, who want to come and worship the Lord and they have it in their mind that they have to go into church in order to worship the Lord. And then they're like, well, I can't go into church because of who I am and what I've done and how I live my life. And there's no way God would ever accept that from me. And Jesus, in the next sentence, tears all this down. He goes, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. So the hour is coming where you won't worship the Father on a mountain, right, or in Jerusalem. You will worship what you do not know, right? We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman goes to him, well, I know the Messiah is coming. 
When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus says to her, I who speak to you am he. Jesus reveals to her, I am the Messiah. And everything I just told you that it's not going to matter what location you're in, where you're at when you worship. It's going to matter. The matter, what's going to matter is the matter of your heart. And do you worship in spirit and truth? For God is spirit and he doesn't care where you do it. He doesn't care how you look when you do it. He just wants to know that when you do it, you do it with a pure heart. That's all the Lord has ever wanted. And what's so beautiful about this story is that Jesus reveals himself to a woman, more or less to someone in that time who would have been considered less, who would have been less than. And and he confronts her, right, with the law because he's telling her, you know you have more than one husband, and she knows the law because she, she she's familiar with it in that day, but he doesn't condemn her, but he convicts her with it. And then he tells her, more importantly, like, hey, you're so hung up on your worship that you need to really just focus on the spirit and truth of how you live your life and how you want to serve God. That's the most important thing. And at this point, you know, his disciples come and and they see him speaking with the woman at the well. The woman then left her water pot when he heard, uh, I'm sorry, and went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. So she went in. God sent, Jesus sent the most unlikely person into the city to draw them out, right? to draw them out. And it was her. And she said, come see a man who told me everything about me. This is the Christ. This has to be the Christ because he told me things about myself that only he would know. And that's what happens in our relationship with the Lord. He tells you things only you would know about you. And he reveals them to you in your heart. And the beautiful thing is he wants to use those who the world says is less likely, who the world would not use. He wants to use you to reveal his gospel to the rest of the world. Because there are people that maybe only you could ever reach that I myself or someone else could never reach. We all play an intricate part in the gospel. And it's so beautiful because she was set free in that moment. She realized she had met the Messiah and the Messiah knew her name. Why was that significant? Because she was under the belief that, well, I can't go to the temple, so I can't worship God. And even if I could worship God, he would not want anything to do with me anyway. And here is God standing in front of her saying, I am, and I'm here to give you living water. You Samaritan woman, I'm here to give you living water. And I'm telling you this because I love you. I came here for you. I came here to free you of the yoke, uh, to free you of the bondage of slavery that you have in your mind, right? To pull down the stronghold and to let you know what matters most to me. Spirit and truth is what matters most to me. And if your heart is filled with that spirit and with that truth, then I will accept your worship no matter where you are. Now, I'm not telling anyone who's listening to this right now that does that mean not go to church? No, I'm saying go to church because going to church is where you get 
put in a community and iron sharpens iron. But what I'm telling you is that you can worship God in your home. You could worship God on a walk. It doesn't matter where you do it. Just do it in spirit and truth. And Jesus came to let us know the things of the Father that the Father wanted to be revealed to us so that we would have a relationship with him. Anyway, guys, that's my message. It was short. It was quick. Again, I just want this to be a place where you could tune in, listen up, get filled with the word, get filled with some stories. And um, more importantly, just get the, the education about the gospel so you can carry it. For it is written that we overcome. And the only way we overcome the enemy and overcome the, the bondage that the enemy constantly tries to put us in is knowing the word. And our word is that we stand on and our foundation and when we stand on that foundation, we can be free. For Jesus said, it is finished.